This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 155 of Aviation Careers Podcast. This is Carl Valeri. I'm joined with Paul Greco this evening. He is out uh, doing some recruiting, I think, out in the field. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I'm glad you stayed up a little late for this. We're doing this uh, a little bit later at night, and uh, we're still. Uh, I'm still in the midst of recovering from this uh, storm from the uh, Hurricane Irma and our flight team. So we've been, yeah. Oh boy, I've been really, really busy with that. Uh, and by the way, we're trying to raise money so that we can make it to Auburn. We've lost a lot of time, uh, and we're well on our way. We're trying to raise $10,000, and we've raised about $4,400 so far uh, to make well, our— that's a good start. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And it, we may even not need the whole amount if uh, there might be somebody helping us with an airplane uh, donation. So that saves us a lot of money, but uh, it's a wonderful thing. Also— Another thing I was going to mention, I talk about these meetups and stuff, and I had this epiphany the other day. I notice I go to a lot of places, and I do a lot of things, and uh, I go to events. And I mentioned on Facebook that I was going to mention where I'll be. So try to follow me on Facebook. Right now I'm starting with that. I know some people don't have Facebook. But if you go to Facebook.com, Aviation Careers Podcast, we will actually put on there some of the events we're attending. A good example is we are attending... Uh, uh, a uh, what do you call it? pancake breakfast over in Bartow in Florida, and that's going to be at seven, I think, to eleven on the fourth. This comes out on the second, so we'll be attending that. Plus, at the end of uh, and that's in October, uh, in October, let's see, the twenty seventh through the twenty eighth. I will actually be uh, at the AOPA flying. What I've been doing is saying I'm going to this, putting it on the Facebook page. Uh, let me know what you think, uh, everybody that is looking at our Facebook page, if that's a good way to follow me, etc. Should I put it on my personal page? I'm just getting used to this, and hopefully it's going to work out. But that's what I've been doing, just putting the events I'm going to right on the Facebook page. And I'll mention, hey, I'll be here on this date. I'll also mention the event so that you can actually check yourself as going to the event. And I highly recommend going to the AOPA Flying. That's going to be in Tampa, Florida, Peter O'Night Airport. And again, um, the one that's coming right up after this comes out, uh, it'll be on Wednesday at 7 a.m. Come stop by. Uh, we'll talk general aviation, also aviation careers. Uh, obviously, I host the other general aviation podcast, but uh, we definitely want to, if you have questions, et cetera, it's a great time to corner me and, and talk to me. Uh, it's uh, free advice. When is that? And When's that the flying? Oh, the flying is going to be again on the 27th through 28th of October. And it's going to be a very big event at Peter O'Night Airport, TPF. So uh, maybe Paul and some other folks will be there. I know there's a couple of people who might show up that are also from the Stuck Mike Avcast. And you can find us usually by uh, we'll be wearing our orange shirts. So if you see Stuck Mike Avcast on the sleeve, uh, you will notice, or Aviation Careers Podcast on the other sleeve, you'll notice it's one of our mm. hosts. So come grab us. Say hi. And I'm going to be in um, Central Florida for uh, on and off for the next really two months for recruiting events at various colleges. And uh, maybe we can make an announcements on that when, Mm -hmm. uh, when I figure out the dates. But um, if any of the listeners are at any of the uh, uh, aviation colleges and flight schools that we're attending uh, career fairs and open houses for maybe uh, 
we can get people to stop by for that too. Yeah, um, definitely. We'll throw it up on the Facebook page and make it easier yeah. for people. Uh, like Perfect. I said, that's the easiest way for us to do it right now. So start following us on Facebook and you'll find out where we are. Uh, I'd love to meet people in person. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, it's not a spoiler, but I do have on Monday uh, somebody coming in. And when this comes out, it will be Monday coming in and flying in to do an interview It'll be actually one of our first guests on the show to actually fly cool. in and uh, the beauty of being on an airport uh, is the fact that people can, can come fly and see me Lakeland Linder Airport KLAL is actually where we are located uh, and uh, if we aren't able to find a venue sometimes I go out to Sun and Fun Campus and Sun and Fun Radio Deck and we do some of the interviews right there uh, and uh, also within the terminal building so it's, it's a lot of fun uh, I will say one thing, I am enjoying the heck out of being in Central Florida in the middle of aviation and being able to out to reach out. It's a great people. spot. Oh, it is. I mean, I, I it's can't a, it's tell really you. It's really, I mean, like an awesome spot. Oh, for aviation. And there's so many of them yeah. in the country. It's just for, for me, it's been, been wonderful. Uh, and, you know, that whole life living the dream. Again, I've mentioned this before. I'm now uh, done my second trip. Uh, where I'm actually commuting to work by driving to work. I'm only an hour from work. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's like, game-changing. I have this whole life now, and that's what's enabling me to do these things. Uh, and uh, if I'm you know, anything within an hour or so from Lakeland, maybe even two, if you have something going on, let me know. If you know of an aviation event, let me know, and I'll try to show up, and, and I'll have my recorder with me, and it might be on, if it's an, a general aviation event, uh, I'll have it on Stuck Mike. If it's a careers event, uh, we'll have it right here. And of course, Paul, let me know, and uh, so we'll we'll talk about Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yes. And we're going to be doing an episode, Paul, and we'll we'll, we'll that's uh, that's all I'm going to say. I think I don't know if we yeah. mentioned much that's more, good. but we're doing an episode no, in the good. future, so uh, it'll be really cool. And it's going to teach. It's going to be an awesome bit. episode. Yeah, and talking and what it's going to be about is going to be about how to get hired at a specific airline. And we're going to have uh, we just like we did with Express Jet, we're going to do it for another airline, and that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try to start doing more of those too. Um, Anyway, uh, also with uh, reaching out to us, questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com, click on contact. If you all know who we are, uh, go to the hosts on the side, take a look at those. Uh, but don't want to tell you to do too much. The one thing I really want to ask you to do is go to facebook.com, aviationcareerspodcast, like us, or you can follow us either way. Please do that. Uh, and uh, I'm really trying hard to get to get, get to know everybody and just say hi to people out there. Anyway, Paul, let's get going on some of these questions. I know uh, okay. we're, today we're doing some feedback and also some Q&A, so uh, we will move on to that. With, uh, with that said, uh, it's been great. Thank you so much for being patient uh, with everybody still putting in their emails and questions and because we have been trying to catch up and we finally are. Uh, here we go. First question comes in, and uh, it's going to be a summary. Uh, it says, uh, first part says, uh, a few weeks ago, I listened to an episode of Aviation Curse podcast that featured Dan Freeman and was totally inspired. Well, that's great that you're inspired, by the way. Uh, Dan is actually coming back on the show, and I'm going to be on his show, too. We're going to talk a little bit about his journey, and uh, he's got a great podcast there. Uh, anyway, he continues, although he is a little younger than me, I will be 39 in August, it was great to hear from someone in similar circumstances. Neither of us are spring chickens. Both already work in aviation and both have families, yet we're considering what could be one of the more challenging career changes all by itself. Well, I'm not sure that I would be able to attend a fast-paced school like Dan. I realize that my thought of merely becoming a flight instructor was self-limiting and short-sighted. Now, don't get me wrong, I think that instructing is honorable work 
and I'm honestly looking forward to it. As many of my instructors have told me, that's where you really need learn how to fly, and it's very true. Uh, I just realized that I was giving myself excuses as to why my goal was unattainable, such as, I will be too old by the time I get enough hours. I love that quote. Uh, after much thought, I've decided to give one of your coaching sessions a try. I have been a longtime listener of Aviation Careers and Stuck Mike. I can't say enough about either one, and I think I have listened to most uh, most of both of them. I'd like to start by saying thank you for providing two wonderful resources for anyone concerning this path. I am blessed with many mentors, most of whom came up as military pilots. But I'd like to hear it from someone who has walked this path that's in a similar way. Well, you know, I appreciate that. And again, you know, if you're interested in coaching, our first session is only it's $75 an hour right now. And that's in October, uh, September, excuse me, of uh, 2017. It's going to stay that way for a long time. And uh, we help people with uh, making decisions. We also do interview preparation. Uh, if you're looking at a specific airline, uh, send us an email. Uh, say you're interviewing with an airline. Uh, we'll let you know if we actually do the interview prep for that airline. We do them for most, uh, especially with the regional airlines. We have such because there's such a high demand for regional airline pilots right now. Uh, major airline pilots, we also do uh, some uh, coaching there. Have had a 100% success rate so far, and I also want to say congratulations to all those other folks that are out there in the coaching program. This is uh, great that uh, this person here, obviously we're not going to get into all the personal details on his email, but uh, we really appreciate what he's done writing in to encourage other people that, yeah, you're not too old to fly and you can do this. Uh, also, if you're one of our coaching clients, We've gotten, a, a, unfortunately, a little bit larger now. I can't keep track of everybody except through email. Uh, if you're one of the other coaching clients and you want to mention something like where, what you've done, uh, a hurdle, uh, uh, some goal you've, you've attained within your career, I'd love to hear that, about that so it can encourage other people just like he did and he's moving forward with his career. So thanks so much for that email. I appreciate that. And uh, yes, most of the people on the show have, uh, have walked the walk or helped people along that journey. So thanks for that email. Uh, let's move on to the next one, and this is uh, pretty interesting, and we're going to have a little bit of discussion here on this one, I'm sure, Paul, but uh, it says... Uh uh, <laughs> I work for a recruiting agency. Oh, boy. Yeah, here it goes. Yeah. Oh, boy, is right. <laughs> Next one comes in and says, uh, Dear Mr. Carvalier, I work for a recruiting agency for a, a pilot student. We send students from uh, the Middle East and Egypt to study in the United States, uh, Europe, and South Africa. Here's a question. We are at a loss due to one issue. The big gap in prices some academies in the USA offer programs for as cheap as, say, $34,000 to some as much as $55,000, and that is a big, big gap there. Also in Europe, some academies offer a course from zero to airport transport pilot for 39,000 euros, and some offer for 60,000 euros and above. I doubt two things. Either they are hidden payments or the cheaper academies do not offer any quality training. In both cases, we wouldn't want to risk our reputation as agents. Please advise me how to judge if a school is good. Thank you for taking time to read my email. Well, there's a couple things. I'll give you my quick opinion on judging whether you, uh, a school is good. Talk to the graduates of that school, see where they've been. Uh, sometimes if you talk to graduates that are given to you through that school, uh, you know, it, it may they may just be putting them in, in there for marketing purposes. I'm not saying that's, that's wrong, uh, but it's a good idea to find out what the outcomes are. And also get specific as to what they're really giving you within those 
those dollar amounts, uh, and that's really important uh, in anything you do. If you read the fine print, so drill down and 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 take. I usually what I do is I like to take uh, just a a piece of paper or you know a, a spreadsheet and put in what am I getting for this and and how much is it. So uh, that's a really important point there. And I know I have a couple more, but I can let Paul. What uh, what what are your feelings on this as far as judging the different schools and and looking at the price differentials? They're they're pretty big price differentials. Yeah, there's 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 a huge difference in prices here, and I think your your first piece of advice of um, you know finding out from other students how they've done and what they think of the school, I think word of mouth is certainly um, <clears throat> excuse me the uh, I think that's probably the the most useful piece of information, and maybe finding out um, you know seeing if you could sort of dig through by talking to people that have been there their success rates with training. Um, I think that's probably, you know, that's pretty important. The other thing I would do is uh, to sort of piggyback off of Carl's point about um, looking at the fine print. A lot of these courses, when they, when they quote a price, they're basing it off of a set number of airplane hours, a set number of ground school hours. So you want to look and re- you want to really dig deep and look at exactly what you're getting because many of these places may offer um, the FAA minimum for, let's say, a private pilot uh, in a 141 school is um, uh, 35 hours total time, right? Am I um, it's been a while since I've instructed. Is that right? 35? Yeah. It, well, uh, how much did you say one more time? Thir- thir- is it 35 total time? Uh, for, for a private pilot, you're looking for at a private pilot? total is going to be usually in the a little bit more than or that. F- <laughs> you're talking like 12. Well, <laughs> but, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Hours. Much. Total time. Oh, hours. oh yeah. Is as, it, as far as 141? Yeah, uh, 141. I think it's 35 hours total time and then 40 if it's 61. But So anyway, let's say the industry average is 55 hours total time that, that – a standard, you know, student will take to get their to attain their private pilot license, but this company is only quoting you 35 hours of airplane time, mm-hmm. right? So there's a difference. So now that's going to be the the difference in hours that you take above the 35 hours to get your private. If you take an extra, you know, say 20 hours, you're going to be charged at their hourly rate. What and that's going to be, you know, somewhere in the fine buried in the fine print. So. That's something that you really want to figure out because that thirty thousand dollars could very very quickly go to you know forty and fifty and beyond. So um, get get the get all the details that you can and and do do your due diligence. Look, there, you know you don't always need to go to an academy. There's there are many many flight schools out there that offer um, training one forty one sixty one and when you when you uh, Go for your training individually. You break it down individually. It could be much cheaper than that. So, yeah, and and so we don't confuse people. I just I, I must have misunderstood the, the question. But yes, it's mm-hmm. when you're looking at uh, the different types. There's part 141 and 61. Yes, it's 35 hours of ground, 35 hours of flight, uh, in, instruments 35 and 30. You know, there's less hours and it's it's very structured, but. Uh, some people don't. They have to dovetail them into the program, say they have prior training, et cetera. But you're, you know, a lot of people. What I was trying to get at was the industry, like oh, the, the minimum. Yeah. I was just trying to say that you know, the let's say a, a, a school X um, says we're going to go zero to hero, at, and it's going to cost you forty thousand dollars. But they're basing that forty thousand dollars off of only flying 
FAA minimum hours. And the average student flies more than the FAA minimum hours. So there's going to be a difference in the hours, which means that it's not going to be $40,000. It could be, it's going to be some number higher, substantially higher. Um, let's say, so that's what I'm I'm just saying. You need to, you need to find out what's, what's included in the $40,000. Is it truly an all inclusive number or is it a number based on FAA minimums that, uh, you know, you're going to exceed most likely and are then going to be required to pay more money. And furthermore, a lot of these are guaranteed, but uh, within the fine print also, you have to see what that guarantee is. So maybe they're right. basing their numbers off the, the minimums, but uh, you have to do a certain number of lessons during the week. You also have to, uh, you know, have some other hurdles, you know, and that's, that's something else you have to look in the fine print, you know, are you really getting that guaranteed rate? A lot of and and that's exactly what we're saying. There's uh, there's uh, usually more money involved than you think, but uh, when you're actually in there doing the training, it's and you're within the program working every single day or five days a week, you can pretty much figure out how much it's going to cost you. Uh, and you'll notice in all the contracts that you'll sign uh, that there are some contingency clauses within there. So really make sure you do look at that fine print. So that's very, very important. So good point that you brought up there, Paul. Um, one of the things, too, that I found is talking to prior students, not just immediately afterwards. Uh, I'm a good. I'm a big fan of talking to people years later. Uh, sometimes they they have a different opinion later on. Uh, so it, it's good to get a mix. And the other thing too is looking on the internet when you look at reviews. It's just like any other review. Uh, you have no idea who's writing that review. You, uh, Absolutely. And that's that's the downside to having having the, all these people on the internet internet making these these decisions, etc. So you know we've seen it. People write in here that. Uh, you know, we'll say certain things, and obviously, they uh, a lot of times uh, there's somebody who's angry at a school, et cetera. They might know who who we're talking about, or infer who we're talking about, and, and say certain things because they didn't like that school, et cetera. But we try as hard as we can to be as unbiased as possible. And when we do get reviews like that, we we tend to try to contact them and talk to them a little bit and find out if if that was truly the case and why did that happen, et cetera. Uh, but we don't flame people, that's for sure, in this. And, and you'll notice that a lot of negative comments we don't kind of put on here. So, uh, And that's why, remember, in the beginning, we always talked about we don't really talk about individual schools, and that's why. Uh, so uh, we right. do, we'll, we'll help you, you know, try to, try to make that decision. Uh, obviously we have the coaching and the counseling and, and we do some consulting with schools and, and talk to schools as far as, you know, how we can make their program better, et cetera. But, uh, and have done some consulting with, with marketing at flight schools, but it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of times you just got to go with your gut too and, and uh, get out there and do as much research as you can. It is a process, and you really, really need to, to, to take your time and do the pros and the cons. And like you said, you've got your reputation to look out for. So, so be. Let me just piggyback off that too for a second, because I have been, um, I've been involved with my airline recently, uh, pretty substantially with with recruiting efforts, and I've been learning a lot. And one of the things that I learned is that. Our pilot recruiters, specifically at my my airline, and um, I'm also getting to know recruiters at other airlines as I go to these other uh, recruiting events, um, they are very, very dialed in to this industry, um, all the way down to 
the flight school levels. So th- this may be an outside of the box way to, to, to come up with a, uh, you know, an answer to this question. But if you go to go to a job fair or, um, <clears throat> an open house recruiting event where the regional airline, um, folks are and talk to the recruiters that are there, the, the, try and find the lead recruiter. They know where their where their applicants are coming from who are successful and they know where their applicants that are coming from that are not successful. Because I was just having this conversation in the office today about um, a couple of different places. So and and where we get people who have the highest level of success from. So um, I think that that could be another good resource and uh, most of these events are free to attend especially at the regional level. Um, and you know, you can, it's, it's a great networking opportunity. You get to meet other pilots and, um, um, and it never hurts to, you know, we're, we're all willing, we're all in this together. We're all willing to, uh, you know, give advice. And I think that could be another kind of sort of outside of the box way to, you know, to, to get to the, the answer there. Yeah, and you can you can dial them in directly, send email to a lot of the recruiters, and yeah, you, um, yeah, you could do that too. That's a great point. One, of, it's interesting because with that that point, you know, talking to people, one, uh, you know, I kind of help out with with some recruiting and uh, at different places, uh, and also at the school. And you find out that if someone has completed their training at a specific school, uh, they may not be welcome at at another school because of two mm-hmm. things, either the quality or also it could also be because they're competitors too. So you have to watch out, you know, you have to figure out why that's, what's nice about going to a lot of these folks that are at the airlines and find out where, where their challenges are. As a matter of fact, a, a real good example of that. Uh, I've seen training changed at some of the flight schools based on comments from uh, the airlines that are hiring, especially the regional airlines. And of course we're talking regionals cause uh, airlines, you don't hire directly usually out of these programs in in the United States, especially uh, especially with the ab initio. They go right, they go to a regional and they move on from there. I know you're hearing a lot from the major airlines talking about, hey, we're going to take you from zero time into the airline. Well, usually there's a stop. <laughs> there's definitely a stop along the way at a regional first uh, before you actually make it to the major. So it's good to talk to the regionals because they're seeing, they're seeing it firsthand. We've, you know, it's been happening for many, many years and you hear the comments that goes in waves. It's like, gosh, you know, we're, we're finding people are having trouble with say glass panel. So why are they having problem with glass panel? Maybe they're getting, not getting exposed to that. Uh, so a great idea. And the regional airline association, I will say one thing, uh, hats off to them. I know we're, uh, we're at a conference right now, or when this comes out, we've already been there. I've been to many of their regional conferences, and it is so wonderful talking to the, the president of the Regional Airline Association and to other, other recruiters there because they do give you a very honest opinion. It's I think it's worth the money to go talk to these folks because they'll say, hey, we're having problems with this, or this is what's working, and you get the skinny right away, especially when you're in front of a recruiter and the recruiter's away from their boss. Uh, you usually a lot of times get you get the real story when you when you're able to corner <laughs> these people and and have a have a you know a adult beverage with them later and i do that a lot at these different events i like to bring them to the side and obviously i would never ever mention their name or who they worked for but 
I get some very good feedback from doing that. And so can you if you're researching a, a, a flight school. The reason we're talking about this so much is your question is also very pertinent to a lot of people that are hunting for flight schools right now. Uh, so even if you're an individual that's looking towards getting into the airlines, start reading the comments from the folks in the regional airline uh, association industry. As a matter of fact, I should put that in. It's RAA.org, I'm pretty sure. I, I'll, I'll have that link in the show notes, and I'll look it up while we're talking here. But uh, and uh, but anyway, so, so check that out. I think it's a great resource. Uh, get the magazine. There's some really good commentary by the folks that are there. And I think, Paul, what you said is a really good idea. Um, anyway, so moving on to our next question. Like I, I want to get two more questions out of the way here. So let's, uh, okay. we, might, we might go slightly long. Hopefully you can hang out here, Paul. And, yeah, that's fine. Because there's some really important stuff here we got to go over. So, yeah, let's do it. Uh, first, on the next one, it says, uh, uh, Hello, I am a new listener to your podcast and have so far found it very helpful and motivational. I'm a sophomore in college studying aerospace engineering, but have always had a passion for flight. I decided to go to school for engineering because, one, I love learning how things work, and two, because it offers me another career path if I'm unable to afford flight training. I got my private pilot certificate in high school and want to start my instrument this year. The trouble is that I'm not sure how I'll be able to sustainably fund my flight training. I'm currently working a lot and hope to save up and enough to at least make some significant headway on my instrument. However, I'm not sure that I'll be able to fund my commercial CFI, etc. while in school. My major is also very time-consuming, and I will find it hard to train during the week. I'm wondering what the best course of action is for obtaining my ratings. I've already looked at a lot of scholarships and have yet to find one that is geared towards ratings other than the private pilot. One course of action I have thought about is getting my instrument in college by paying lesson to lesson as able until I graduate, then hopefully landing an engineering job and funding the remainder of my training that way. Is this a good course of action, or would you recommend getting the ratings as soon as possible, even if it means taking a loan? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, I well, let's go ahead and talk about it now because it's going to go in another direction here with the rest of the question. This is what I did. Uh, it's exactly what I did. I had a, a degree. I was in computer science, math, and psychology. I was, I was studying artificial intelligence, and I decided that, okay, I want to get into aviation my senior year. I was paying for it myself. I took out short-term loans but paid them off very uh, right away because when I got out of college, uh, there was a bit of a recession going on, but uh, I started uh, moving into what's called the Y2K work in the 80s, and I was way ahead of the game on that, so it enabled me to make some good money to pay for school. And, and in the engineering field, same thing. You can make really good money and pay for your training. But what I do is I used my short-term loans as what I call a surge tank. If I couldn't pay for a lesson, I was real close to getting done. Yeah, maybe I'd take a few thousand dollars as a loan on it, say a credit card, et cetera. Uh, but I would, I would be very careful about putting too much money on there, uh, especially if it's at a high interest rate. There are opportunities for loans out there. And then going back to uh, what you were saying as far as uh, different scholarships. There are a lot of different scholarships out there for the instrument, for the commercial, for the advanced training, such as getting your high-altitude endorsement and, and those type of things. Go to our scholarships guide. Check out uh, on Amazon. You can look at all the descriptions there. Uh, many of those are for other ratings. But like you said, it's usually starting off in your private. Some of those are for all of your ratings, and some of them are specific to the different colleges. So keep looking. 
use that as a guide. Uh, check out the directory, and uh, like I said, you can look at actually the listings in the in the index first and see if there's something there appeals to you. And it's only ten dollars on on Amazon or in the iBook store. Uh, so please take a look at some of those and don't, I know lots of people getting rating. I know people getting Airbus ratings and people getting, uh, 737 type ratings, uh, using scholarships. So, uh, you know, there are more scholarships out there than, than you can imagine. That's for sure. Uh, and Paul, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this. And I think you actually have, were, did the same thing. You, you actually, yeah, I, I know you did because you were uh, yeah. changing your career. You already went through a college right. and paid for it. Yeah, so what I did was <clears throat> I, I also wanted to focus on the flying, and um, I, this is really a two-part question because he's talking about, you know, he, he's in school, he's actively, you know, working on his degree, but then he wants to fly train. So I think that gets into two separate topics, but specifically with the financing, when I when I did my private, um, I paid I paid for my private. Um, it was a different time. I was, it was before I was married. It was before I had kids. Um, I was a brand new, I was a nurse and I was still living at home. I mean, I was a kid, so I was making pretty good money. But so what I did was I took a loan that was, um, uh, I forget who it was through at the time. It might've been like Sally May or one of those kind of things. So it was, it was a higher interest rate than say, you know, if I went to a bank or something, but way lower than using a credit card. But it was, I did it as a short term thing. So my goal with the loan was to get a lump sum of money to be able to pay for my rating without having to worry about, oh, I'm running out of money. I need to work overtime to go make some extra money to pay for this lesson. So instead of flying, I'm working and I'm, and I'm not making any progress. So what I did was I, I flew, flew, flew. I got my rating. I had like maybe $1,500 left on my account. I sort of cashed out of that, paid that down on the debt. And then I just paid my debt off within like, you know, six months or a year or something like that. And um, because at that point I had the rating and then I worked hard um, at the hospital and got made extra money and paid down my debt. Um, but then <clears throat> I flew privately for a bunch of years just for fun but when I made my career change, times have cha- times had changed for me personally. At that point, I was married, I had a house, a mortgage, and I had a baby. And the, the second one came shortly thereafter. So it was a different time. I didn't have the resources to be able to spend all this money on training, so I had to take loans. And I didn't do it the smart way. I put a lot on credit cards because I had no other way to do it. Um, I got caught in the housing, uh, crisis, so I, I couldn't take equity out of the house. And so I wound up having to do credit cards and I, I paid my debt off on my credit cards over probably like a three or so, maybe four year period it took me to pay that debt off. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, there was no other way. I, I, I really didn't know of any other way to, to make it happen. Um, and so I was able to get my ratings that way. Um, so. As far as the, the credit cards, though, the the interest rates are quite high. So it's they a, it's are. A, it was not ideal. I, yeah. I it was it was not the best way. But for me, in the moment, in the situation, I I didn't know of any other way. Um, as I said, it was it was I was in a different situation now. Pre, you know, like I said, pre house, pre kids, I had, you know, I had 
I, I just, it was, it was a different time, you know, sure, and I took yeah. a short term loan. I had no, you know, very low interest rate and, um, and stuff like that. So my, uh, my original plan before my house tanked, the value of my house tanked was to take a home equity loan, for, uh, you know, and pay a very, you know, whatever it was, I think at the time, maybe 5% interest on the, on the home equity loan and, um, pay the home, pay it back. And then the, the interest would have been tax deductible, and that was a much, you know, more that, that would have been a much better way for me to borrow money to do this. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, that, that, the housing situation sort of screwed me up. It screwed me up for being able to borrow. It screwed me up for pretty much for everything. So I, I did it on credit cards, which was I'm not. I do not recommend doing it that way. I just had no other choice that I knew of. Yeah, because especially in a large, you know, especially now with the larger sums in training, it's yeah. it's getting more, oh, and more yeah. expensive. You know, the yeah, interest yeah. rates will add up very, very oh, quickly. It, so. it, it could destroy you. Yeah, yeah. I I it's, do not recommend doing that. But so, if you had to take debt, like if you could get, if you could secure financing through, um, you know, through another means, like uh, if they, I don't, I'm not, I have to, I, you know, I'll look into it. I'll research it. Um, if there are banks that lend. The way that I, they lent money when I did my private, that might be something that's you know sort of a an okay compromise. It's a because it's it's educate well, you know I did yeah, view yeah. it as educational debt. I mean it's I wasn't going I wasn't blowing money on TVs. It you know I, I advanced my career with this and, so. And just to be careful about talking about that, we've asked people to come on that do do have have mm-hmm. this type of loans, and they they will not come on the show. Uh, and that tells you oh, something yeah. right there. Uh, there you go. So, so yeah. just just as a as a, a quick disclaimer, I know that we've talked about some of these in the past, and uh, we've uh, we do some of the the different finance organizations that have been out there have been, really been hurt by this because. Uh, and something you have to watch is that if it's not associated with a regular institution, uh, your money can go to them if you pay them a bunch of money, and they can go bankrupt and keep that money. And, and I used to see this happen often. I know there's yeah. a lot more strict there's there's strict <laughs> rules in place, but it seems like things are loosening again and it's starting over again, where people are going to schools and maybe putting a lot of money down, getting into debt, and still owing on those loans. And we've heard people yeah. telling us those. So it is happening again. So be very, very careful when you do that, especially when you give a lot of money to a school. Uh, I don't like giving too much money out uh, at one time if it's not like a you know a, a higher institution of learning. But you look at people, look at what happened with the folks at ITT. It's very sad, but they're trying to mm-hmm. work, work that out uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we don't want to take too much time on this, but I would say that's that's really really important is to you know if you can get a job and move forward. I know uh, engineers make pretty decent money. So well, and that's the other point, you know. So he's in school for an engineering degree, and he wants to focus on doing his school and then maybe doing a you know, and working and doing an instrument rating, maybe, maybe the best option. And he doesn't mention his age. I don't see anywhere. So, I mean, especially if he's younger, maybe the, maybe the option, maybe the best option is to bang out the degree, get the, get the degree knocked out. Then you're go get a job as an engineer. You're making real good money. And then you can do finance yourself to do the, uh, the flight training that way. 
And uh, and the other thing to do is win the lottery. I'm just kidding. Yes. Don't gamble. Uh, and just just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, sometimes the the money does fall out of trees when you make you shake the tree and you find out. And I'll I'll tell you. Send some my way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the the point being is that if you keep looking, you'll find it. You know, well, there's a will is a way, and you have mm-hmm. to start looking towards other things. Like you said, all you've been able to find is uh, uh, scholarships towards private pilot ratings. Uh, we've got a, a most of the money that's given away in our scholarships guide has nothing to do with the private pilot ratings. Most of them is given away right. to advanced ratings. So, And that's, by the way, let me just mention real fast about that resource. That scholarship guide is incredible. And um, I, th- I didn't have that. Uh, uh, I didn't have a scholar. There was no aviation scholarship guide when I was doing my flight training. And I wish, I, you know, I wish like heck there was because I'll tell you that, that, I mean, the the chance to to have an opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars, I you know, would have been, I mean, game changing for us for my family. Um, and I can tell you because I I did a lot of work on the scholarship guide that when I spoke to some of the folks that were um, in charge of the scholarships for some of these organizations, they told me directly that there's just not a lot of people that know about it, and there's not a lot of people there's not a lot of uh, candidates. For, the, for some of these scholarships. In fact, some scholarships have maybe had one or two, yeah. and you have a 50, you know, either a 50 or 100% chance of getting it yeah. if you apply. Just apply so, you and know, you'll get it. <laughs> just applying. Well, that's, I mean, I, I remember a couple of people said that. So, yeah. you know, um, and, and as Carl mentioned, it's not just private pilot. I mean, there's, I was going to apply for one last year, and I just didn't have time because I was working so hard, but there was an Airbus scholarship mm-hmm. and a 73 scholarship. So you know, I, you can get typed in a in a in a three twenty or or a seven three, and that sure looks pretty good on your resume. Yeah, that um, sure does. And it's that's a thirty that's a thirty thousand dollar gift oh, if yeah. you win that. So yeah, I actually um, uh, talked to somebody who won the scholarship and then didn't actually even use it. Yeah, well, uh, that, I guess that did, can happen. Didn't even need it, so uh, it's yeah. kind of interesting to see that. Which, by the way, if you do get a scholarship, please use it or give it back right away because you can go right. back and say, "Hey, listen, I don't need this," you know. And uh, I'm I'm not sure if this person did that. I hope they did do that because that kind of ties up that money for another year for the other the other person. Um, so, just just kind of an interesting aside there. One other thing that he mentions, and, and if we can continue in on this this question, I think we're going to sure. go a little long on this because we got to get two more questions in. Is uh, That's fine. Uh, another option he he talked about is starting the Air Force ROTC, but the problem is it's a ten year commitment uh, to give to mm-hmm. his pilot spot slot. Also, uh, you may not even be able to get through and fly. As a matter of fact, I've uh, the last guy I flew with, he wound up uh, putting in quite a few years, never flew uh, in the military. And then wound up coming out and doing the flight training on his own using GI Bill, which is good. I mean, that was wonderful. Uh, and but time wise, it set him back. I guess it, is it that does. What he was yeah. Yeah. And if if the you know again, I I love the military. I think it teaches you a lot about it, a lot of things and discipline. It teaches you how to how to train. There's a lot of great things about being in the military. The camaraderie, etc. There's there's just that's innumerable. Uh, but with that said, you have to realize you are going to make a commitment. And number one, you're in the military to serve the military. And if they have a need, that's what you're going to need right. to do. Uh, you may. May not be flying an airplane. You may be doing something else. Right. Um, so, so just be careful there. And if you you have that feeling, really talk it out with your 
your family because once you sign on the dotted line, you're going to be in for a little while. Uh, and uh, it's really it's something. Again, I'm I'm a big fan of the military, but uh, again, if you're not given that pilot slot, you know a lot of times it's like, hey, I think I'm going to go in another direction. Uh, but still, look at it. Definitely look at it. Just I want to you know make sure you understand that. Um, also, he talks about uh, he wants to know what our take is on corporate flying. Uh, he likes the managerial aspect of it, and uh, it's more pronounced in corporate flying. And uh, if <laughs> wondering what you've heard from people who fly corporate, well, actually, uh, Tom Chomsky, yeah, Tom yeah. was going to try to come on, but as a matter of fact, he's flying a corporate jet right now. He's showing me a picture. Uh, oh, I got to ask him if I can put that in the show notes. If it'd be really cool if I could put that in the show notes. He sent me a picture uh, of uh, uh, something. I think he may even be training. I'm not sure yet, but he sent me a really cool picture of flying. Uh, so we will cool. uh, we'll maybe put that there. But if you look back at some of the corporate flying, people love it. Uh, I work with a lot of ex corporate airline or corporate pilots that became airline pilots. Uh, it's uh, it's really good to hear that take. So go back some of the episodes, look up corporate flying and reasons why you might want to become a corporate pilot. There's and if you have any other questions, it, definitely send that to Tom. And uh, but but uh, in general, corporate p- flying can be the most rewarding. It also uh, can be the worst type of flying, depending who you're working for, of course. And there's people that absolutely love it and people that hate it. Again, it's based on who you're working for and based on your 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 view of that job too. Uh, two different people can work for the same place and absolutely hate it and hate the corporate flying. Uh, yeah. You know, the biggest thing I hear from people is you're always on call all the time. Yeah, and, the uh, scheduling oh, is, yeah. is the biggest complaint that I hear about. So Yeah, and you know, for instance, I'm like next month, I have 20 days off. You don't really see that right. in the corporate world. Uh, you know, they they work a lot of hours. I mean, they they get yeah. maybe twenty days off a year, especially in their. First I work year. six days in September, I think. Yeah, it's it's and so, that's just the way, that's yeah. the way it is, is in the airline business. Is the you know the more senior you get, it's a part time job. It really is. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is a part time job, and especially if you live in base like like you do, Paul, and, and now right. I do. It's just right. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful being yeah. able to do other things. But I hope that's answered your questions there. I know you have a couple of things there. Uh, it might be an idea just to take a look at the possibility of doing a coaching session. Uh, and speaking of which, you, when you have access to the coaching, it actually gives you access to it, like a comment board that we have on there. Uh, not too many people use it because a lot of the, the situations are, are are very personal. But if it's a general question, they'll ask it on there. So uh, take a take a peek at that. But again, thanks so much for that question. Uh, we got two more questions we have to get in, so let's kind of move along here. Okay. One of them, though, is somebody had given us, uh, sent us uh, a question, and it was a very long one. I always say, don't worry how long the question is. Uh, it actually is too long for me to read it. And I know you'll know who you are when I mention this, but it also had a little bit of a political aspect to it. And we don't get into too much of politics, uh, but this is somebody who went through the v- previous uh, training with air traffic control, and they kind of changed the rules. I'm being very unspecific here. They changed the rules as far as air traffic control is concerned and how you go through the training process. And some of the people uh, got kind of stuck that were in the old process. Uh, I've had, I've talked to the FAA about having somebody on to talk about that. And um, it really, it's a very, it's a political football or political, you know, hot potato right now. They don't really want to discuss it too much. And I don't want to go there. 
uh, right now, but things are changing with the FAA and with air traffic control right now, as uh, as you know from from everything that's out there. A couple things I do want to talk about, though, that was in this email is that this person uh, has been saying that they really were uh, working for an unethical company and are, are not feeling too good about doing that. Well, I understand that, and uh, it's really a good idea to try as hard as you can to get get away from that because it does come back to bite you eventually and uh, and believe me i've had it happen in the past where uh, walking away was the best thing to do uh, but uh, start looking start looking for other other places to work a um, couple things that i do want to answer within within the whole scope of the questions because it's a very long email uh, is discussing part 135 uh, and how much experience you've had with 135. I've had a little bit of experience with 135, but uh, it's, uh, and that's uh, mainly, it can be scheduled or non-scheduled, but primarily uh, non-scheduled part 135 is what most people fly in. And that's the air taxi uh, and charter organizations that are out there. It's uh, it's really- That was my experience, and that's, unchart- unscheduled. Say, and that's yeah. really what what uh, Paul has done and a lot of other people have done here. And it's, it's actually, it's, it's really, a lot of people love it. And uh, it's a great way to build time and hours. And Paul, you know, what? How did you like your 135 experience? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And um, uh, so, 135 is great. Um, it's great experience. It really, I think, it really gave me a leg up when I went into airline training because I wasn't just teaching people how to fly or. Um, you know, <clears throat> flying VFR all the time. I mean, I was flying a multi-engine pressurized airplane, um, you know, in the IFR system in the Northeast, in the busy airspace that I fly in now, um, in the same crummy weather. And, um, you know, it, I, I was doing the job. And uh, and so it, was, it provided me with a great um, level of experience uh, that helped me succeed in my airline training. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the destinations. You only go to the best destinations. I mean, uh, that's at least that's the way it seemed for me. So you get to you get to see some incredibly beautiful places on somebody else's dime. Um, I had a very sort of unique job in that um, my boss was someone who. Um, was uh, he just was a great person i mean i if i flew out there single pilot and um let's say i was going to reposition the plane to um nantucket to fly the customer back in the morning um he said i and there was no other flights for the day i could leave whenever i want so i i used to leave early in the morning and i would go spend the day on nantucket um, because I had a rental car, I had a place to stay, you know, I just, and I had my own personal airplane to take me there. So, I mean, I, I had, I had it great. Um, so I loved 135. I have very fond memories of, of my time flying 135. And, um, the, one of the downsides I would say, at least flying in the Northeast on the equipment that I was flying is that the flying seemed to be very, very, um, sort of bunched up. So we did most of our flying in the warm season uh, out to the islands. And uh, so Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, um, we, you know, up to Bar Harbor, down to the Outer Banks. So all that kind of flying. <coughs> and 
uh, in the winter, we wouldn't really do much flying at all. So I was much busier with flight instruction in the winter and my nursing at the time than I was with charter. We would do occasional charter flights in the winter. Um, so I would fly like 100 hours a month, let's say, from starting in uh, at Memorial Day, and it ended at Labor Day. And then I would fly like 10 hours a month or 20 hours a month from, say, November, December. It, was, it stayed pretty busy through November. Um, but from November on, you, would, you, you hardly flew. Uh, in fact, many times I, I just took the plane up just to exercise the airplane uh, once a week. <clears throat> so, um, I, you know, you work your tail off for like three or four or five months and then you don't do anything for the rest of the year. Um, so it, it makes the, the time building sort of, uh, you know, a little more difficult, but I've, you know, I found other ways to build time and that was through instructing. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I loved my 135 experience. And if you're looking to build time by flying 135, I think it's a great way to do it. The only thing I will caution you with in terms of a time building, um, type of a situation is that, um, depending on the company, I, I turned down a job. I had, I was a 250 hour, you know, commercial pilot and I was offered a job flying in the right seat of a Learjet at a Teterboro, but it was a 135 company that had, uh, they give you like one or two hard days off a month and they only flew like three or 400 hours a year. And my goal was to get to the airline as quickly as possible. And I didn't, you know, I, I thought I could fly eight or 900 hours a year if I, you know, if I really worked hard. And, but I, I wasn't going to be able to do that with no days off. So that wasn't the right fit for me. So I would say, I would caution, I would say use caution in where you work. And if it's a place that doesn't fly more than a few hundred hours a year, make sure that you have the flexibility in your schedule to be able to do other things. And, and I would really urge you to consider something else if you're trying to get to an airline um, you know, because you're not going to build time. You're not going to get the time that you need if you're flying two, three, four hundred hours a year. So to, to add to that, I work with uh, a lot of folks in the coaching that are trying to get out of 135 because they are building time towards the airlines and trying to figure mm-hmm. out what to do next because of the fact that it, it doesn't build very many hours. But with that said, if that's what you want to do, I believe me, I know a lot of guys do Unless you want to make your career doing that, and right? Absolutely. Exactly. They love mm-hmm. it. They don't want to fly. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends that are corporate pilots. They're like, hey, 200 hours a year, that's plenty. That's I, perfect. I, I don't yeah. want to <laughs> do it. And, and, you know, that's, and that can happen. Even in the, as a matter of fact, in the airlines, it can happen too, by the way, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the equipment and what type, what you're doing. If you're on reserve, et cetera. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually had years where I've maybe done 300 to 400 hours in a year for an airline pilot. So that's nothing. Uh, so it's, it's, you can be done. Uh, so, but yeah, the caveat is what are you trying to do with the 135? You know, where do you want to yeah. go? That's the real question. And you have to ask yourself that. Um, the other question I know, and this person asked a lot of different questions as far as other different careers, asked about uh, are there decent paying positions in weather observers too? That's another uh, 
career opportunity uh, that this person was looking at. And uh, we will tell you more about that as a teaser in an upcoming episode. But because just uh, uh, recently, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association moved their headquarters, their flying headquarters, right here to Lakeland Linder Airport. And we're going to have quite a few people on. Uh, they have weather observers at a different level, and uh, there's many different types of weather observations and weather observers throughout the industry. Uh, theirs actually is at a very interesting level, and it's a lot of fun, and it pays very well. So uh, look forward to that interview in the future. I can't wait to have those folks on. They're wonderful people. They're working their butts off right now out in the, in the uh, hurricane. Uh, so yeah, they are. that's kind of an, an interesting one. Um, anyway, just thanks for the question. And, and I'm sorry I couldn't read the whole thing on here and I had to summarize because there was a lot of personal information in there. But I think that was some good information. We'll, we'll talk offline, that's for sure. Um, Anyway, one last question. I know we've gone way over on our time. I'm really time trying to catch up on the questions. You know, just to give give you an idea, we have 42 pages of questions. We're on page 17 right now. So, uh, oh boy. we're yeah, we really need to catch up. And and again, I, I wish you know the, the kind of a lot of things set us back. And, and I did not expect this storm to be this bad and to to impact us personally as much as. How as long it has. have we gone so far? Uh, we, almost an hour, and uh, so we usually do. Can we get two more in? Uh, I think we can do maybe one or two. We'll see what happens right. here. So let's give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll make this an hour. Although I know people like the half-hour episodes because of the fact they can listen to it on their drive home. Uh, so we we'll yeah. promise we'll make it short next time. Uh, anyway, let's <laughs> let's move on. Thank you so much for that that long email, by the way. And I love the the story. It was very interesting. Uh, and uh, hopefully that's helped a little bit as far as some of your questions, the ones that we could talk about. Uh, the next person says, uh, Hey, Carl, love the podcast. Just started listening about two weeks ago, and I've learned so much already. I'm a 30-year Air Force vet who is working on his private pilot license. Like many people who are listening, I had my eyes set on another occupation, but for some reason never followed my passion of becoming a pilot. I've exhausted all my GI benefits, getting a bachelor's in criminal justice, but I've learned of another program I could take advantage of through the VA called vocational rehabilitation. They call it voc rehab. Uh, essentially, I could get all my ratings paid for through the VA except for my private pilot license. From what I understand, it's similar to the GI Bill, but with a few differences. I'll ca- I'm still catching up on the past podcast, but so far I haven't heard anything about Voc Rehab. I was wondering if you have any information or experience with this program. My VA counselor has never dealt with a vet using Voc Rehab for flight school, so we're both trying to figure this out together. After my private pilot, I'd like to use these benefits to get my instrument, commercial, and multi-engine ratings with the end goal of becoming a commercial or corporate pilot. Um, One of the things, uh, I know a few things about Voc Rehab. I'm working with our uh, VA counselor on this to get you a solid answer on that. Uh, a lot like anything with the VA, it's a little bit vague to give you a little bit of hope also. And I'm not sure this was applied to you because I'm involved with the, the American Legion. Uh, and we just started looking into this and it's the thing called GI Bill for life. Uh, that may not, that may or may not apply for you. And, and it's, it's something different, but, uh, just to give you an idea, things are changing at, at the uh, VA, but the voc rehab. Yes, I've seen it used. And yes, I've seen it used in an aviation uh, standpoint, but as far as the percentages of uh, the ability to pay for, I don't think they're at 100%. 
I could be wrong about that, but I'm going to find out. We do have uh, this question in with our our VA counselor. Uh, so, yes, we'll look at that. Also, something else you mentioned. So, just thanks so much for that question. And uh, when I do get the answer from our VA counselor, I have a really good uh, a couple of VA counselors, actually, that, that have uh, input on that. We will send that along to you. But it's a really great program, by the way. Uh, I just want to say thanks for your service, too. 30 years in the Air Force is uh, yes. quite a sacrifice, so thank you for that. <laughs> it is, and, and everybody who's written in that are vets. And you listening out there at sea right now and also the folks that are stationed all over the world keeping us safe, thanks so much for your service and what you're doing in keeping us safe back here at home. And, uh, well said. Yes. So the really some of the, the folks that are out there right now, uh, amazingly enough, uh, and we're trying as hard as we can to help some of our vets move back here into some of these positions. Uh, they sacrifice so much, not just being in, an, in, in a place which uh, can be risky. It's also what they do. They risk uh, with their families. And they also have a lot of struggles back at home. And, boy, it is tough. Uh, man, I was, I was out because of the storm for six days. And that's nothing compared to what these guys do and these gals do out there. So I really, really appreciate what you what you do and, and your service and, and what you give up in your life just so that we can be safe here. Anyway, moving along, uh, he uh, also has this really cool thing that he mentions. Uh, he says, I also, something I haven't heard much about is enrolling in an institution where you can fly professionally with less than 1,500 hours. And what he's getting at is what's called the restricted ATP, and uh, there is a list of the institutions uh, that will actually allow you to get uh, the airline transport pilot certificate with reduced aeronautical experience, and uh, this is an ATP. It's a restricted ATP. It's uh, You actually can get your ATP with 1000 or 1250 depending on where you go. If you get a bachelor's degree from that institution that's certified, you can, you can drop it down to 1000 If you get, say, an associate, you can drop it down to 1250 Normally, it's 1500 It can drop down there. And uh, not that I'm plugging this for the college, but if you look down that list, we're going to have a link, by the way, on the website. It's the FA's uh, guide to uh, the training institutions that are authorized. Uh, to certify as graduates uh, with the airline transport pilot certificate and get that reduced aeronautical experience. Polk State College, actually, uh, this was not too long ago, but we're very proud that uh, we were able to get that uh, in our program and be able to issue the restricted ATP with the reduction, uh, being able to get both the associates uh, for the 1250 and also the bachelor's for the 1000. So, uh, but anyway, there's a bunch of them out there. And they are, uh, interestingly, also, by the way, um, I think I can say this, but I uh, won't mention names, but somebody I, I work closely with is the person at the FAA who actually approves these programs, and he has been telling me that it is amazing how many institutions have been applying for this and to get the authorization. He has been so busy with this, and he's actually the only person that does it in the United States uh, at the FA. And the applications, you know, you used to have like I don't know, thirty or something like that, and they are just rolling in. Uh, so that is great for you, the listener, that you're going to have many more opportunities to get the uh, the restricted ATP or the ATP with the the lowered requirements and. and and that's really, really cool. So I'm very, very excited about that. And thank you so much for that link and, and giving me that link and reminding me about this. And it is a benefit to many people. Like you said, you felt it would be a good benefit. So anyway, continues. Thanks for everything, Carl. Your dedication to assisting pilots does not go unnoticed. Thanks. I appreciate that. Also, we will have a link to, remember we talked about the, the Voc Rehab. There is a, uh, on the VA 
benefits uh, website, there is a link there to talk a little bit more about the vocational rehabilitation or voc rehab uh, as, as far as pilot training, et cetera. And uh, we'll get you an answer, uh, and we'll actually talk about it on here. Uh, but this is something that is really important, is that uh, getting going to an institution that is certified and can go through this, this program to be able to get the restricted ATP, to get the lowered uh, uh, number of hours, and be able to move on to your airline job is uh, quicker is really important because you want to keep moving forward as fast as you can. I think in, in any instance you want to do that, but uh, now, especially with things just popping so quickly. But uh, anyway, I think that's about all we have time for. I know we've gone an hour. I appreciate everybody listening for this long. Paul, Paul you know, uh, any last words of advice before we go or any anything else you want to add before we kind of close out here? No, I mean, I you know, just keep working towards your goal. Um, you know, this is definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. So just keep that in mind. Have some patience, um, and uh, you know, enjoy the journey. I'm, I'm, um, I'm moving on in my career, and uh, and as I, I've been trying to, I'm one to just very. I'm I'm very mission driven. I put the blinders on. I, I, you know, I bang out a goal and I move on, and I get the, I go to the next one. And I do the same thing, but. I'm trying to enjoy the ride a little bit right now, and um, and I've been doing that. And it's it really perception is everything, and I have been having a great time at work, um, helping people, helping students at colleges, and um, uh, uh, you know instructors who are ready to move on, um, get you know move their career forward. So I'm having a great time doing that, and uh, so just you know keep keep working hard. And eventually, you're gonna get you're gonna get where you want to be. Awesome, well said, Paul. And and like I've said before, it's really it's all about attitude. And and like Paul said, really, really, really enjoy the journey. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you will get there. Just as some encouragement, uh, this month. I made more than I did my first year as an airline pilot. So I made more in just one month than I made in one year as an airline pilot. So when I got That's started, sweet. so it's it's actually a neat goal. It's not just about the money, but you know what? It sure helps. It helps you uh, be able to donate money to things that you want to do and and people you want to help out with. And uh, it's nice paying the bills. Uh, No matter how much you make, you can always spend more. But uh, it is a very comfortable living, and it's a wonderful job. And being able to put yourself in a position in something that you really enjoy doing is pretty darn cool. Uh, And it's something that we should all aspire to. We should all try to do something we love and, you know, try to make that our career and our life because, you know, when you're doing something you're passionate about, it it really, it turns out it's part of your life and it doesn't seem like you're working. You know, I work every single day. I'm around every aviation every single day, but it's also my hobby. And honestly, it's the big part. It's not just the flying. It's the people. I love being around the aviators and the stories and uh, that's and true. It's just, it is. It's it's awesome, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it is. And that's what I love about this job and what I love about aviation. I'm sure that's true in a lot of other careers. Believe me, it's true. But but when you have people that are passionate, I don't care what you do. If you're a computer programmer, air traffic controller, whatever, if you love it and you're around people that love it and you talk about it, it's it just it's so much fun to have that fire within you and keep that fire burning. And if you're one of those people listening right now that are – are starting, it's waning a little bit. Try to figure out something else in your life that will help you move forward and help 
rekindle that fire in your life. Well, Paul, I appreciate your, your being here tonight on last a uh, little bit of last notice here. That's right. Thanks, Thanks so much. Me. And uh, like I said, uh, we may start doing hour episodes again just to catch up. I know people like the 30-minute episodes, uh, so you have to maybe listen to the episode going back and forth to work twice. Uh, but Or <laughs> we may start going to shorter. We'll do multiple episodes, uh, maybe more than one a week, uh, just to get caught up here, especially since now I have some, some time off. But... Uh, Anyway, folks, I appreciate you listening. And like I I say in all episodes, do something today to move forward in your career. Do something now. When you get off this and and turn it off, write down something. If you don't have time to actually do it now or use, you know, your phone, you could do memos on there. Uh, Call a friend and tell them, hey, I think I'm going to do this. Call a relative. Uh, Set your goals. Set it in your mind. But do it today. Don't, Don't wait. Do it now to move forward in your career. Take that one step today. And we'll talk to you next episode safe flying you have been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career this aviation podcast is produced by the valeri aviation corporation although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast compensation never influences our opinion before purchasing any product or service you should always do your own research music by billy wheeler all rights reserved